trust. God dropped one word into my heart for this week, trust. I had been scrambling in my mind to understand those who made promises and didn't keep them and wondered how to bring this concept across. But God in his eternal wisdom cut to the heart of the matter, trusting someone to keep their word And I began to realize the various nuances of this in our relationship with others and with God. Trust is an essential ingredient in every marriage. Friendships are built on it and partnerships are established through it. Life hinges on trust, allowing doors to open or close. Do I trust them not to cheat or be dishonest? Can I believe that they will think of me as much as they think of themselves? Do I know that they will do what is right when faced with difficult decisions? Is integrity and courage part of their character? Can I trust them with my life, my finances, my secrets, my hopes and dreams? Are all of these things safe with them? Those are a lot of deep questions, but if a person, business, or organization doesn't match up to these, then caution is necessary in dealing with them. For not only can they they let us down, but perhaps they could even take advantage of us, or worse. Esther Perel, couples therapist and best-selling author, explains the encompassing nature of trust that permeates all loving relationships, from friends to spouses to parents and their children. She goes on to suggest how vulnerable trust can make us feel and describes it as our ability in some way to live with what we will never know, but to somehow tolerate that unknown enough that we can move and take risks and love. Developing trust in someone in her own decision-making process about someone can be difficult, especially as we often view them through our own smudged lens. Diane Barth calls it our confirmation bias, indicating that we have a tendency to search for or interpret information in a way that confirms our preconceptions meaning that we look for evidence that affirms what we already believe to be true. That suggests that if we already trust someone with the name of John, as all Johns in our experience are trustworthy people, we will be more inclined to do so the next time we meet someone with that name. This can be stretched out over a number of variables, hair color, nationality, tribal or clan affiliation, education, background, or political or church affiliations. But the reverse is also true that we will mistrust someone who shares characteristics of or values of someone we found untrustworthy, even if they've done nothing to cause us to doubt their sincerity or truthfulness. Yet in today's uncertain environment, circumstances have caused us to question people's reliability. Concerns over the fairness of our election results, fears over corruption in business or government, worries about marital faithfulness, anxieties about friends' honesty or children's genuine kindness all affect our ability to trust. Studies show that almost 80% of Americans have little confidence in one another, and this is especially true amongst people who are under the age of 30, with over 70% of them believing that people just look out for themselves. 
One of the reasons may be found in the comment offered by one millennial woman. We have become a very polarized society, she says, where people make snack judgments about others based solely on their political leanings. And if someone doesn't agree with us politically, we tend to make all-encompassing assumptions about many aspects about who that person is. Another young man agreed, saying, everything is more polarized and it's generally more difficult to disagree with someone, come to a general understanding and move on. As you go about your day interacting with others, inherent trust is reduced because you don't want to share your beliefs with others for fear that you will be the new target of the day as your comments may be tweeted or texted around the world. Should we then trust our past experiences and based our current perceptions upon them? It's always good to be cautious and God calls us to be discerning, to wisely determine truth from error. But should we let that crumble our ability and willingness to love and accept others as God instructs? Jesus commands us to love each other as I have loved you. And Paul describes love as patient and kind, not boastful, arrogant, rude, or irritable, and not keeping records of wrongs or losing faith, hope, or strength. So how does that mesh with trust? Especially when his word also warns us, don't put your trust in mere humans. They are as fail as breath. And the prophet Jeremiah has much to say about trusting others, telling us to beware of trusting our neighbors, brothers, friends, family, or people in general. And certainly his life attests to the many who let him down. Scripture also warns us not to put our trust in our own wisdom or wealth, our own strength or the strength of others, or even religious symbols. Does this mean we should be cynical and suspicious, not trust anyone or anything? Even though Jesus knew the heart of his creation, he still reached out to us, came to earth to live and die for us. As he showed us the way, we need to ask ourselves, where then do we put our trust? The answer for those of us who know and love Christ is clear. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Scripture tells us we can trust him for salvation, protection, as the prophet Nahum says. The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. Or peace, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you and strength. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And confidence. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Jesus assures us that by putting our trust in him, we are no longer walking in darkness, but live in his light. And he soothes our anxious heart with these comforting words. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. The Apostle Paul assures us then Christ will make his home in our hearts. As we trust in him, our roots will grow down into God's love and keep us strong. And Peter strengthens any doubts we may have with this. You love him. 
even though you have never seen him, though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. If Jesus alone is trustworthy above all else, then we must ask ourselves, do I trust God enough to tell him everything? Do I trust God enough to listen to everything he tells me? Perhaps if we follow the advice of King David, our ever faithful psalmist, and a man after God's own heart, we can expand our trust in God. For he says, those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. In knowing his name, we know that he is El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, Elianyan, the Lord of heaven and earth, Adonai, the Lord and Master, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my miracle, Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord my shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, Jehovah Jireh, God our provider, Jehovah Sitkanu, the God of my righteousness, and Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. Given the greatness of who he is, let us devote our lives to searching for him and nurturing our trust in him, for he will never let us down. He alone is trustworthy forevermore. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.